Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 645. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts, I am so revved up and very excited to introduce today's very special guest, Neil Pitt. Hey Neil, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Buckled up and ready to roll. All right, good. Nice to have you here. Neil Pitt is the president of Speed Digital in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's an experienced business and information technology leader who's worked in a variety of industries including retail, finance, financial services, telecommunications, transportation, and information technology. Speed Digital creates proprietary software and digital platforms for a range of enthusiasts in the automotive and classic car industry. Their focus and commitment is dedicated to helping dealers increase profits through powerful custom web and marketing solutions, keeping their customers on the forefront of technology. Neil, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you and your company. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about your business and, of course, that passion of yours for automobiles? Sure, yeah. Uh, Speed Digital is a technology company that's focused uh, on the classic and collector car space. Uh, We do everything from dealer management software to uh, social platforms for collectors. Uh, We also do auction software and um, private collection software, too. So if it has anything to do with a uh, a specialty car or collector car and there's a piece of technology involved, uh, we've probably got something to do with it. Very cool. I love your website. I've enjoyed going there and learning more about what you do. It's really cool. And I have so many people on this show that come from that industry, uh, work in that industry, that would benefit from what you can provide. So We're going to learn a lot more about you as we move through this, but as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Neil, take the wheel. 
Yeah, you know, Stephen Covey has a quote, and he says, I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Mm. And uh, it's something that's always stuck with me. There's so many people in life that blame their situation on their circumstances. And I truly believe that you can do anything you want to. You've got to rise above those circumstances. Absolutely. I love Stephen Covey. I've enjoyed his book for years, bought copies for my kids, and uh, even in my weekly blog just last week, I quoted him, one of his seven habits of highly effective people. I always love his fifth habit about communication, so uh, I'm glad you used him as a quote. Fantastic guy. He's uh, provided so much information for people over the years. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's start where you could share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life and you realize that, oh my gosh, I'm a car guy? You know, I I think I've loved cars for as long as I can remember. You know, I, there's so many people that, that say, hey, I played with Matchbox cars when I was a kid, and I'm one of those guys too. But I grew up in England. Uh, I was raised uh, by my mother uh, after my parents were divorced. Uh, I was a, at a very young age. Some of my first memories of cars are with my grandfather and my uncles in a garage in England working on what they called were banger cars. A banger car in England is is uh, similar to a demolition derby car over here in the U.S. Okay. They would work on these old minis and uh, Ford Cortinas and Ford Capris. And then they would go out on the weekends and they would uh, race around in these old cornfields, freshly cut cornfields. And it was a race. I think the demolition derbies over here are basically the last car running. Yeah. Banger race in England is a little differently. You you actually do race and you cross the finish line. But during the race, uh, there's you know a lot of crashing intentional crashing to stop uh, other people from crossing the finish line and and those memories are are, are very vivid for me of, of my grandfather and my uncles working on those cars and you know that's i think where it all started just watching that when i was a kid my dad would take me to the demolition derbies and like you said here in the states it was pretty much destroy the other guy and hope that you have something left of your car but i've seen some of those uh, videos of banger races including on top gear where they did one where they were all pulling trailers camper trailers, if you will. The last guy standing. Oh my gosh, that seems crazy. I can't imagine doing that in a Mini Cooper, man. Yeah. <laughs> and those Minis are a lot smaller than the uh, the U.S. Minis that uh, we see here now. Yeah, yeah. They're tiny little cars. My old uh, college roommate's friend had one and uh, never forget the first time he took me for a ride. I thought I, thought I was going to die, but the thing was like on rails. Man, that was a fun little car. Very cool. Well, you have been a serial entrepreneur. When I look back at your resume and what you've done, you've been involved in so many different things. And what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Of course, the most important part of these types of things has to do with what did we learn from them and how do we move forward? It goes back to that quote by Stephen Covey. So take us to one of those painful moments in time, kind of walk us through it, and then tell us what you learned from it so you could pull out of that. You know, I think uh, probably one of the, the biggest challenges in my life and my career was uh, getting my college education. I didn't come from, uh, you know, the traditional family environment. I didn't do things uh, the way I guess most people do things. I didn't go to high school and college and then get married and, and that normal timeline. Mm -hmm. I actually got married right out of high school and then went into the military, spent some time in the army and then uh, had a child and decided that, you know, I wanted more for my family than uh, 
that I was going to get out of a, the average, uh, you know, type of life that I was leading mm-hmm. and decided that uh, I was going to try to figure out a way to get a college education. And I, uh, I applied for a, uh, what was called a green to gold scholarship in the army and, um, was actually released from active duty with the conditional release to go to college. And I got a scholarship to go to school. I worked full time, had a wife and a child, had a you know earned a 3.5 GPA, and was able to get a uh, a four year degree in about three years. Wow! You know, and it's pretty young at the time, and and I I often look back at that, and I tell people that story, and I don't do it to brag. I just I do it to remind myself and to remind others that if you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yes. Yeah, that is one of those things that, that I wanted bad enough, and I thought that 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 degree was going to change my life enough that it, that I I wanted to get that piece of paper, and uh, it definitely has done that. Well, kudos to you for doing that, and it, it again goes back to your quote by Stephen Covey. But uh, yeah, if you really want it, you can do it. It just takes a lot of hard work. I worked my way through college, and I always tell my friends and kids I only went to one party during four years of college <laughs> because. You know, I was detailing cars, so uh, I remember those times when tuition was due and I had to buy books. I'd start dialing for dollars, call all my, yeah. my, my customers and say, I need to pay my tuition. Does your car need to be detailed? So uh, there's yeah. always a way to do it. You just have to work really hard. So I, I appreciate you sharing a really personal story. And again, uh, congratulations on what you achieved. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Now, it sounds like to me you had a lot of moments because you moved around in different industries, which must have been really exciting and and, uh, great for you, obviously. Is there a time when you look back when those headlights came on and kind of illuminated your way for a new direction? And, And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think one of my aha moments was um, probably has to do with um, with partnerships. You get lots of opportunities in life to do business with different people. Partnerships. I've been married for twenty eight years. Marriage is a partnership. Every partnership, you have to make sure that you know basically who you're getting into bed with and. Um, You've got to do your research. You've got to figure out if it's a, a good partnership, if it's a good marriage, if if the both sides are getting the, what they need to out of a relationship. And a business relationship is no different than any other relationship. It has to be equally yoked, and and it has to be one of those things that's going to work for both parties. And and that to me has just been a very very valuable lesson in business to me. Is and that's that aha moment. And it's one of those things. Things that not everything works out, but you can. Sometimes it's it's good to get out of something and and look back on that and say, hey, I didn't realize what was going on, but I can cut my losses and I can go on to the next thing, and um, I can learn from where I was. Take that and you know make sure that I got a great education out of whatever that process was, and uh, either you know don't do that again and uh, do something different uh, going forward, and and you know just. Everything is a is a, a learning uh, experience. Well, you've been involved in a lot of different things. So hindsight's twenty twenty. What advice could you give those listeners out there that are looking to get involved in a relationship, business relationship with somebody that would help them be able to kind of see a little bit into the future? Are there a few little tips and tricks you can share that have worked for you with the many different business relationships you've been involved in? 
Yeah, I, I think the key is not to rush into anything. Make sure you do your homework, you do your research, and that you don't get pressured. Uh, a lot of times there's things that, you, you know, they look fantastic and, and they look very appealing and um, you get excited and you get emotionally attached to an idea and, and what that will look like in the future. And you need to back away. You need to get advice from somebody that's not emotionally attached to the situation, mm. somebody that can see it for what it is, because sometimes those emotional attachments to a, or, you know, the escalation of commitment with a particular situation, those things can, you can get caught up with those and getting advice from somebody that doesn't have skin in the game is, is critical when you're making a decision, a big decision. Excellent advice. You know what comes to mind, and it's a minor analogy here, but uh, when, you're, when you want to buy an old car, I always say, take a friend along and say, talk me out of this. <laughs> Point yes. out everything wrong with this yeah. thing that I can't see because the mist comes over my eyes and I just fall in love. So uh, great advice. Yeah, definitely. Get someone else involved that can be a mentor or a helper, or someone that can look at it from a uh, a very uh, objective standpoint. Well, I would assume you've had many proud moments in your career, but could you share one with us that really stands out for you? No, I think anytime you you ink deals, uh, you have that sense of pride. You you um, you feel good. You have a sense of accomplishment about what's going on. One of the uh, largest and most memorable deals for me was uh, when I was involved in the uh, the management buyout of uh, FedEx Auto Transport actually bought that company. It was a FedEx operating company. And um, I was part of the team that bought that company from FedEx, took it back to private ownership, uh, went back to the, the old Passport Transport brand, which is what it was before FedEx purchased the company from Robert Pass back in 2000. And then we took it back to Passport Transport. And I was part of that team that bought that company and just felt good. That was a really uh, big deal. Um, when you're dealing with a uh, a company the size of FedEx, it's a $38 billion company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was proud of uh, being part of that deal. But anytime, you know, just even smaller deals, uh, Speed Digital, we recently signed a deal with uh, Pebble Beach Concord to provide the software for the uh, application and selection process for uh, for their concord. Nice. I was proud of that. That's uh, you know, it's that's a great deal. We signed a deal with a classic car auction out in Greensboro. Felt great to do that. So I guess um, signing deals and, and all of those things are, are fun um, and gives you that sense of pride and accomplishment. The other thing I guess that, that makes me feel good and is when I can enable somebody else um, that works for me to achieve their goals. You know, I've got a, a guy that works for me, and he's a car guy, and he's a designer. He does a lot of our uh, website front-end work. And being able to take him to his first trip to Pebble Beach Car Week or to SEMA and, and yeah. to see his face light up, um, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, it, it's just amazing. And it, and it makes you, you know, feel really, really good that you're part of that, that you were able to enable that for him. One of my guests last week, who you know, obviously, if you're involved in the Passport deal, is Stephen Plaster. Stephen uh, met him years ago at a LeMay Concours and uh, his company and all the different companies he's involved with. Well, it's nothing like providing opportunities for other people and enabling other people to be successful. That is what life is all about. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time here. I'd love to hear about your first really special car, that first car you got that you finally, man, I finally got this thing. I've wanted it for so long. And maybe share a memory you have with that car. 
Yeah, okay, so this this is probably going to be one of those things that most people either love these cars or hate these cars, don't <laughs> okay. understand these cars. I had a, uh, a 1982 Saab 900S. Uh, the Saab story, yes. <laughs> I just absolutely loved that car. Uh-huh. You know, it was an expensive car. I, I actually bought it when I was in college. Um, I bought the car for $2,100. It had 94,000 miles on it. I drove it for two and a half years, put... You know, I think I, I, I ended up selling it for $400 more than I paid for it. All right. And it had 220,000 miles on it. What? When I sold. In four yeah. years? Holy cow. Where were you driving? <laughs> well, I, I had a 50-mile uh, commute one way to college. So ah. It was, you no, know, it was uh, it got it got a lot of miles put on it very quickly. Yeah, you know, one of the the stories I remember about this car is uh, I was in Louisiana at the time and I took it into a repair shop because the the CV joints had gone out and they were you know they're making that clicking noise every time you turn. I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I've got to get this thing fixed. So I took it into a local mechanic and uh, I asked him, hey, do you work on? Have you ever worked on the Saab? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I work on these cars all the time. I'm like, okay, well. Can you, you know, can you replace the CV joints? Oh, sure, sure. I can do that. So I handed him the keys and, uh, you know, asked him to call me whenever the car was done. And kind of a short time later, I got a phone call and I thought, wow, this is really quick. This guy's good. <laughs> he called me and he says, you know, uh, hey, I, uh, I need to uh, ask you a question. I'm like, okay, yeah, what's going on? He said, uh, where's the ignition in this thing? I can't. F- yeah. Okay. It's the t- it's between the seats, but it's a weird place. Yeah, down in the center console there. <laughs> every Saab is the same way, right? It's of between course. the seats, and so I, he had obviously never worked on a Saab uh, before. Yeah, that was that was the tell. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. It's like, yeah, apparently you've not worked on a Saab before. He didn't even know how to start the car. It's a unique thing. It's kind of like a Porsche 911s with the ignition on the left. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I detail cars from the time I was 14 all the way through college, and uh, I had many customers who had Saabs, and I, I remember the first time I ever got one to drive it back home the lady was standing there and she knew what she was doing she goes well here you go and i sit in and i'm looking around feel like i look at her and i go okay what's the trick here she goes you've never detailed a saw before and i went no i haven't <laughs> so uh, that's pretty funny there's a telling tale there never tell a fib to a customer because uh, it'll probably come out <laughs> that's for sure well how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage yeah, this is probably another weird one too. You probably get a lot of people that you know talk about very expensive cars and other things, but neither neither of my car stories are are really those high end top cars. I I had a uh, a '79 Monte Carlo in high school. Cool V8 305 four barrel turbo 350 transmission. All right, I loved the car. You know, it, it was a two tone black and silver black vinyl top, but it was very different than any other Monte Carlo that I've. Uh, that I've seen since then because it had bucket seats oh. and it was an automatic and the shifter was on the floor. Um, okay. And, I've, you know, most Monte Carlos are bench with the shifter on the steering wheel uh, or on the column. So I've never seen another one like it. Uh, I sold it um, and bought a brand new Nissan pickup truck uh, because I thought that would be a, a better car. But I, I just, it was a great car. You know, you're young and you do silly things. I used to take that car and I would, uh, I blew the transmission in it. I would put it in neutral and, you know, rev up the car, get the RPMs up there, and then slam it into drive to burn the tires off. And oh, yeah. Then 
then wondered why the transmission was blown. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, what's go going figure, on? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one of those uh power starts that uh You're right. Yeah, yeah, you hear about so well what font. Yeah, that is rather unique. I'm not sure I've ever seen one with bucket seats. I wonder if that was a factory option or if somebody had done that to that car. I think it was factory. It didn't it didn't appear because the front seats matched the back seats. It didn't yeah. appear to be uh you know something custom. I bought it you like I said Never seen one again. Cool car. Nice memories. Well, I'd love to talk about uh, what you're working on right now. What has you really excited and fired up? Tell us a little bit more about Speed Digital, the kind of things that you're doing, and uh, what really has you excited today about the company? Well, I mentioned earlier the uh, the Pebble Beach project. That's really got me excited. Doing the software for electronic applications for exhibitors to submit their cars to the Concours and then uh, for the judges to be able to log on, look at the cars, and, you know, make comments, do all the things that go into the process of accepting cars before they actually uh, get to the field. That's really exciting. You know, and then uh, we're doing, uh, we've done a, a couple of new clients that are coming on our, our dealer platform. We've got over a hundred classic and specialty dealers that use our software to run their dealerships. People like Fastlane out of uh, St. Louis or Volo out of Chicago. Uh, some of the bigger guys in, in the uh, classic car space are using our software, but we recently got a, uh, a new customer out of, um, California, and they are a specialty car dealer. It's Fusion Motor Company, and they are actually uh, building Eleanor, and they're ah. the only licensed. They're actually licensed to build Eleanor, and they're, they're selling those cars for right around two hundred thousand dollars. But oh. they're essentially brand new '67 Mustang fastbacks, and, ah. and they're just incredible cars. And we've uh, recently done the website for them, and they're using our software to run their dealership too and uh, so just lots of really really neat things going on i can see in that industry in all aspects of the industry how you could be uh, beneficial years and years ago i was at glenn munger's house he used to be the main guy at the pebble beach concord and i remember looking at his uh, dining room table and all these stacks of envelopes and i said glenn what are those we were there shooting pictures of his cars and he said, oh, those are uh, entrance for Pebble Beach that I have to go through. And I think back to those stacks of envelopes and now what you can do online and how much easier and how multiple people, because I was thinking, well, now you've got to send those to someone else to review it and then someone else. And so, oh, yeah, things have gotten so much better. So uh, very cool. Congratulations for your growth and for those new uh, clients of yours. Fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Neil. If you were a car... What kind of car would Neil be and why? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> I've heard, you know, people ask if you were an animal or other things, but never a car. Sure. You know? Well, this is cars, yeah, so. Yeah, I think um I think I'd be a BMW M6. Ooh. And um here's why. Okay, I, I think BMW, I, I think I have a lot in common with that mark. Okay, I think the, that mark kind of started out, they were manufacturing engines, and there were airplane engines, and then they got into motorcycles, and then right after the war, they actually started manufacturing pots and pans, and I mean, there's they, they, it was really a complicated beginning right mm -hmm. before they figured out really where their niche was or where, where they want what they wanted to do and then even then they had some kind of um bumps along the way at the beginning you yeah. know i said is and uh, things like that but i think the mark as a whole now is, a, is an absolutely incredible mark and and well respected and 
they're a great company. The M6, I think, is for me, it's it's a car that's it's prestigious, uh, but it's sporty at the same time. And and for me, I think it's you know, if I say if I look at myself, I say, okay, well, yeah, I can go, uh, I can put on my tux and I can go to a black tie event. And I can go hang out with, uh, or, or I can go network with uh, other CEOs and um, have discussions about business. But I can also you know, click the M button or the sport button and, uh, take the tux off and speed down the road and, uh, you <laughs> oh. know, a hundred miles an hour and do the things that I need to do. So it's that, that car is just a, a fantastic car. And, you know, I think that's, that's kind of the way that I would see myself as being able to do both of those things, both of those having fun, but being able to step it up too when I need to. Yeah. Well, very nice. I appreciate you putting some, some great thought to that. You did a great job on that one. Well, Neil, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, Neil, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Learn to drive a standard shift car first. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Both my kids did that. They learned uh, to drive on a a 72 911S that I had, Porsche. and. I think to this day, they're still probably, of all their friends, are the only ones that can drive a stick shift, a manual. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did that. My son's car today is still a manual car, so uh, kudos to him. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Flee from negative people. Ah. Surround <laughs> surround yourself by the people you want to become. Oh, so important. God, my mom taught me that. She said, you know... When you get married, marry a woman that's above your station. Someone who's smarter can always keep you sharp. And I did that. I think it was a woman's trick, though, you know. But uh, no, I've, I've appreciated that. I've been married 33 years, so very happily, I might say. 
Now, how about a resource? Uh, is there a resource out there that you'd like to share with listeners? Of course, one other than Speed Digital, because uh, that's a great one. Well, I, I will use uh, another one, but it is, I have to uh, tell you, it is one of our properties, and that would be uh, myclassicgarage.com. Oh, cool. And that website is actually a social platform, classified listing, knowledge base, all kinds of things for car guys. So great, great resource. Ah, fantastic. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think the Car Show listeners should crack open and read as well? Yeah, I read this one a long time ago. It's a, an easy read. It's called Eat That Frog. <laughs> yes, I love that book. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Neil's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyow.com slash Neil Pitt. And there's another great place on the Cars Yow website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book, Eat That Frog, and all the past 644 guests before Neil's books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's an awesome resource if you like learning and reading. All right, Neil, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'll buy anything you'd like today. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why would you choose that car? I'd have a 1957 BMW 507. Oh, okay. That's going to cost me. 507. Mm -hmm. Well, what is it about that car? That's a pretty unique car to choose. Uh, Rare, of course, uh, in addition to that. But what is it about the 507 you like so much? Well, first of all, yeah, it's rare, so I do, I do like that. I do like the mark, the BMW brand, but I just think the styling, and, and you look at today's cars, you can look at a Z3, a Z4, and then you look back to the 507, and you can see where where these new cars came from, and it's just, just really, really neat to be able to see that. I'd love to have a, you know, a new Z4 parked next to a 507. Yeah, that would be cool. Did you see the beautiful uh, past Elvis Presley car that was on the lawn at Pebble Beach this summer? I did. I did. Yeah. Wow, cool. I always say his name wrong, but Gortz, the designer of that car, just did a a wonderful job. You just look at it. There's not a bad angle, I don't think, on the car. I just think it's just just gorgeous. What color would you like? Black. Black. (laughs) Okay. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I could own a black car. I'm so picky about cars being clean. They're just, you know, they only look clean for a few seconds. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that car looks nice and black. It looked, I was surprised that I liked it in white on the lawn at Pebble because that's kind of a unique color, it seems like, for that car. I thought it looked good in that color, too. But black, oh, yeah. Very nice. Okay, well, I will get shopping for you. Christmas is coming, so I'll see if I can get that to you before Christmas time. But uh, okay, uh, yeah, there's some nice ones. The uh, local LeMay Museum here uh, recently had a BMW exhibit, and they had one sitting up on a nice podium, a silver one that was just so beautiful. Nice choice, my friend. I love it. Well, Neil, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 57507 BMW. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> yes. Simple, short, and sweet. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your companies? We've got a few websites. Um, speeddigital.com, dealeraccelerate.com, and myclassicgarage.com. Perfect. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to all these great websites. I encourage you to visit them on Neil's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Neil in the search bar. That page will pop up and you'll be able to check him out. See what he's doing. I think you're going to be really excited. If you're a dealer, you need to give him a call. Uh, He can help you, I'm for sure. 
Neil, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.